Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to episode 57. My name is Pete Selby and next to me it's Mr Rob Hayes. Apologies for having to delay the recording of this by the way Pete. I got very uh, very bogged down at work yesterday. All your fault. It was entirely my fault, yeah. All your fault. You were you were very kind in putting on social media that you might that the delay might have been because you ran out of paper to write stuff down on as well. It was transfer rumours and the like, such which we haven't really had at Leicester for a long time. Normally, we're the sort of club that used to be a bit wheelie deely at the uh, end of the transfer windows, etc. And but for a number of years now. Because we've had a really good transfer policy and we've bought players when we need them and ones that we've targeted for a long time, we haven't really had that. Um, but now we do, and but it's still in the good way. It's yeah, not, it's not like it's not because of a panic or um, no. It's it's, it's because we've got the uh, ability to improve the squad with a bit of cash for a change. Yes, and also we have a number of players who aren't getting time who wants to play for. You know, somewhere else because they can get first team football. Um, we'll come on to the transfers later on. Obviously, people who do follow us on social media, especially on Twitter at FFS Pod. Um, first of all, if you don't, then follow us. Uh, secondly, on the uh, on the Twitter, then a lot of you who do follow us would know anyway. What we like to do is we like to post when we're at the game. We like to post the team sheet as soon as it gets printed off. Um, from the person at the game, we take a photo, we take photos of where we are in the ground from our commentary position, all that sort of thing and things going on behind the scenes and that. Um, and also latest news during the week, but we try and keep it um, very relevant as in what is actually going on rather than just rumours. We don't just retweet every single link to something to do with Leicester or rumour with a newspaper. Yeah, that would be a bit boring. That's what a lot of other kind of uh, Leicester groups do, which is absolutely fine, but we don't do that. one, we've not got the time or the patience. No, so we like to put things that have actually happened or maybe uh, stories to do with the club from other sources, uh, maybe to do with some historical things or to do just a more rounded, level-headed approach to social media. Um, But I have included a few transfer rumours this week because they've been too loud really and we'll come on to all that in a bit we've got plenty to get through to uh today and basically for the first time probably ever i've actually written down like kind of headings of things that we're going to discuss normally we we'll just ramble on and we'll do that you'd, you'd think a podcast a week after the last one with only one match having happened in between that there wouldn't be an awful lot to discuss not really i mean we had a massive episode last time phone calls from the future and all sorts going off and uh how, oh, by the way, how's your car? My car's fine. Oh, right. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know a lot about cars, so I'm pretty sure that future Pete uh, doesn't know a lot about cars either. Yeah, 
It's so a, we'll, we'll we'll put it's that one running in, all right. We'll put that as a question mark over future Pete's predictions. Yeah, let's put a question mark next to a few of his others as well. For those of you out there who have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking about time phones and all sorts. Go L- to, listen back to last week. Yeah, listen to episode fifty-six it, about it three quarters. It of the can't way be explained. No, you need to listen to episode fifty-six, the whole episode, or just fast forward to uh, about three quarters of the way through, and you'll hear some time phone bits and bobs. Anyway, back on Earth. We will start with the birch, and we won't dwell on this because we know exactly what's happened, and everyone by now does. Uh, obviously, bit of a heart attack last week, and just, it, yeah, bit of one. I I did. I was really well. Everyone was worried, but I saw it just as I was going to bed. I suppose everyone else did, and was really worried. And then obviously the next day, um, turns out he's fine because of fast action and uh, defibrillators and all that. Had his operation. He raised the money for the defib in the uh, in the place where he was in the Tigers, weren't he? Was it the Walford mm. Road? Uh, he's he's done it in the past, hasn't he? He's raised a lot of money for defibs around Leicestershire. So that, that's karma. There you go. It, it, it is, and Not it's great birds. that he's now been released, and there's a video online that you can see. So, and also uh, they did a ten minute thing at uh, at the King Power on Saturday. Shine your light for Birch after ten minutes because he was watching from his bed, and it worked really well. Mm. It was one of they, they, every now and again. Every now and again, it's more like every game somewhere in the Premier League. There's a round of applause for this, that, and the other. Half the time I sit there and go, really? This was nice because it was a sign to someone who was watching specifically and everyone knew. Also, it was nice that it was against Chelsea as well, his former club. So mm. it's it all kind of linked in well. And um, It was a big part of the club, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's massive. I we, think, I think a lot of people... Go on, go on. Oh, I was just about to say, I imagine a lot of people out there... Don't, don't take him for granted, but because he's part of the furniture and you see him every single game, every game, and he does his stuff. Um, personally, I, I like him. You know, we don't know him personally. I know his son quite well, but um, I don't know Birch personally. He says hello in the in the press room and makes a joke and all that sort of thing. But um, I've I've never had a, a, a problem with the Birch. I think it's fine. I think a lot of people out there might have all of a sudden gone, "Oh dear!" Like we're maybe taking him for granted mm. almost. Um, that's what I imagine. It's not my position, but I think that's probably what a lot of people would, would be privately thinking. Yeah, we saw the kind of love that the fans of the club had for him when a few years ago when uh, the club ambassador position kind of disappeared, if you like, and it looked like the Birch, who has been a permanent fixture at home games every game, like you say, for as long as, uh, well, probably as old as he is, knowing him, he's probably been around for that long. Um, but I think it's... That was that was him sort of losing his job, but this is a reaction to him actually um, having something medically wrong with him and, and was fighting for his life at one point. And it, I think, it, again, it shows what um, a great group of supporters Leicester City are at looking after their own and how they can all sort of... how they're all willing to come together. And, like, we support him every year on his run, which has turned into a bit of a hobble around the pitch on the last home game of the season. That's not going to happen again. Well, yeah, I, I doubt it. Uh, I'm sure he'll come up with some other way to raise the money. But everybody supports him there. But it's nice to know that when he needs the support, rather than him trying to be the person supporting everybody else, that that we were able to do that show for him, especially because he was watching. Exactly. It was a really nice touch. And obviously all that's happened at the club in the last year as well. I mean, everyone's watched the, the video back of them lifting the trophy but of course Birch walking out with the trophy he said it's his most happiest memory of, of Leicester it's his um, highlight of his career by a mile and uh, so yeah so well, uh, good luck Birch and uh, get well soon 
Hopefully that sort see of him thing. back down the King Power soon. He'll, yeah. have, he'll have to do a bit less shouting before the match. He gets very excited, doesn't he? Yeah, but... Maybe somebody will have to be on hand just to say, Hoi Birchie, keep, it, keep the pulse I, rate down. I think it's a lot of stuff that he does behind the scenes that maybe you don't see from the terraces. He goes through all the corporate boxes. He does a bit of a speech in the big hall and that. And well, uh, He's at the training ground a lot of days as yeah. well because a lot of the players were tweeting and putting on Instagram that they were missing having him around the place and that they hoped he get better soon as well so he's he might, very much around the club all the time isn't yeah it? he could still probably do his stuff at half time but I think it's going from floor to floor door to door mm. saying hello um, that might change but uh, but yeah so that's um, that's in the process of, of getting better the old birch and uh, let's get it, if you've been released from hospital it's, it's a pretty good sign in that so um, that was one story so we'll move on to the Chelsea game now you weren't there no, but I did manage to watch a large <laughs> percentage of it. It's very interesting because we're going into the game in a bit of form, a win in the FA Cup, a win um, in the league against West Ham and then a point away at Middlesbrough. Um, now, when the teams were released, um, the first thing is obviously Chelsea didn't have Costa because of China money and all that sort of thing. Um, have you seen the video of Kante's arrival? Yes. Tunnel, uh, tunnel Cam's been a great invention I over the last tunnel, couple of seasons anyway, but this is probably the best that we've had so far. If you, if one thing I'd like to do, or I'll, I'll request the club to do it, I'll email them and they'll ignore it, but I would, I would love them to, and it, maybe it's been done already, um, something like a, a Tunnel Cam highlights of the season or a review of the season last year with all the Tunnel Cams together or the best bits, but I'm talking... 90% of every single game's worth of tunnel cams. Mm. Uh, like in, in a big long video over a couple of hours. You could actually generally sit and watch that. Yeah, that would it's, be good. Great. it's good fun. It's it? good. But yeah, uh, for those of you who haven't watched it, go and check it out. It's Kante arriving and Ranieri just greeting everyone and he gets him in a proper headlock. And, Kante uh, just goes in for a simple handshake and he's, yeah. all, he's half a step away already and Ranieri's got his arm proper around him. Holds on to him for almost as long as Pearson had his throat round James McCarthy uh, hands round James McCarthy's throat now we're we'll, in slightly different it's, fashion yeah it's a, that's a, it kind of explains the difference between the two people but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go on Kante um he had a decent game boos and cheers for Kante when he first came out there was the odd rumble of boos and cheers um but he got he got mainly the reaction that you were asking for last time didn't he Mo- yes. a large percentage were kind of appreciative of him before the game, but as you said, as soon as we got into game mode, that's when yeah, that's when you're allowed to boo him because he exactly. was a member of the opposition team. Ranieri said that in his pre-match press conference as well. He must have heard what you said. Oh well, he must have done. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure he listened. listened. He must be listening. If he does, hello, sir. How are you? Hello, sir. Claudio. Bonjour. Congratulations on getting inducted into the Italian Football Hall of Fame. By the way, yes, I was the one waving uh, sports personality. I waved, and uh, my dad was the one next to me crying and waving. Did your dad cry? No, he didn't, but he nearly... I think he... he <laughs> was, was he welling up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Bless um, him. Uh, but anyway, on to... Hello, sir. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Can't say hello to Sir Claudio without saying hello to Sir Senor Selby Senior. I said bonjour to Claudio. That would be bad, wouldn't it? Yeah. He'd know what I'm talking about. Yeah. On to Kante. Yeah. So he didn't have the the biggest impact in the game. He played well. Uh, but yes, he got booed, he got cheered. It was the right amount. A few people said he didn't uh, applaud the crowd. I don't think he ever applauded the crowd. I think that's just him naturally. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. No. I think that's just the way he is. He just keeps his head down and gets, and on, with it, gets on with the job. Yeah. Um, so before the game, um, probably would have expected a similar team. And we did have a similar team, although a different formation. Now, this is going to 
be about five or six minutes worth of formation chats, which is something we don't do on for Fox 8 quite a lot, do Not we? Not very often. We generally go through the games and then talk about little fun stuff to do with the club and this, that and the other, have a laugh. So, formations. Now, we started 3-5-2, which is, for my eyes, one of the first times we've done it under Ranieri. Yep. Um, first of all, Rob, I'll ask you straight up, straight away questions. Do you think, A, that we should have tried a new formation against Chelsea at home? Do I think we should have? If I was the manager of Leicester City, I probably wouldn't have made that decision. Can I see wholly why Claudio Ranieri did? Yes. Am I sitting here in a position to question his judgment? No. I, I never answer yes or no, do no, I? No, you do. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you in many ways. I was surprised to see the team. But the one thing that gets me is that Ranieri came out straight away afterwards and said, well, we got destroyed playing four four two against them at Stamford Bridge. Yes, we're at home. And... We don't have, like our last game against Man City, uh, sorry, against um, West Ham and especially against Man City, we don't have the Mares, Slimani, Vardy, which um, worked very well against Man City and then minus the Vardy, it worked well against West Ham. So we didn't have those players in our lineup to play that. Um, also, I still think he wanted to play the three in midfield because it's worked well the two games before. And he says, so we, he took a risk and went, right, let's go man for man and see what happens. Obviously, it didn't work out in terms of the scoreline. But the one problem I've got is a huge reaction to this. And maybe it's because there's been no reaction to anything in the last 18 months, because it's all been positive. But people calling it an absolute disaster. I'm sorry, but are these the same people who've been saying for months, we can't just carry on playing 4 4 we can't just carry on playing four four two. He's got to change. Then it's been changed, and granted, it's then been changed slightly again, and it didn't work out. And now it's the end of the. End oh, of the world. what are we playing that formation for? Also, just take a look at how well Chelsea played. They played very well. But take a look at how good we were in the first half. Completely agree. Con- contained them. Yes, they got an early goal, which was probably um, the the biggest. Uh, floor in the entire match if you like because if you get to nil-nil at half time having contained them as well as we did and look fairly dangerous in parts of the first half you'd be pretty happy you come off at half time and think oh Claudio brilliant stroke of genius 3-5-2 yeah. but just because they got that early goal and we were behind from that point onwards people are already probably looking at it in a different light but I think first half we look pretty good I agree um, I think being one nil down at half time and I sat there and said um, to Mark and Tom, who was in the commentary box with me, I, I said, 1-0 is not bad at all for a start. How good are Chelsea playing? Yeah, um, how good are they playing overall? Well, exactly. But, but they, especially they, in that match Yeah, well. they were on fire. Um, and also, we did create a few chances. We didn't get on the end of them. I thought we missed Slamani very, very yeah. much. We really did uh, miss him in the game. And 1-0, I was like, right, let's see how far we can keep this 1-0. And then pile on the pressure towards the end of the game yep. and maybe get a goal and that's the roughly the way it was going because of the way they were playing. Second half it all kind of it all unraveled, didn't it? Um they another, scored another early goal. They scored very early, um a deflection and all sorts going on in the goal. Yeah. Unlucky yeah. goal. It hit, um, didn't it hit Morgan, both of Morgan's knees? I think it hit his left knee then his right knee yeah. and, and Schmeichel uh, still got a hand off some fingers to it but it was it was unfortunate. Unfortunately after that happened it all kind of unraveled. Yeah. First of all, again, Chelsea played very well, very well. And a lot of independent judges out there, you know, the the world's media who are watching the game and who are there, all commented, not just 
about Leicester, but they said, look, this is Chelsea who are playing very well as a team, but this is one of their best performances. Mm. And they're flying um, at the top of the Premier League. They've picked apart loads of different teams. They know exactly how to win football matches. Exactly. I know Costa wasn't there. Um, they, but, didn't, they didn't miss him at all. Well, no, but if you look overall, there wasn't actually many shots on goal for both teams. I know they scored three goals, but mm. overall, there weren't many saves needed by both goalkeepers. I thought Pedro was outstanding. Mm. Um, Hazard dropped each to try and get the ball, but Pedro, he's so fat, he's deceptively fast his close control is amazing it's the sort of those two are the sort of players that I'm not saying that we don't have because people like Gray and Mares can play like that but they're predominantly wingers rather than that kind of attacking midfielder forward, forward yeah. um, and Chelsea were playing with, that with no actual striker really weren't they exactly just had them three attacking players that could basically do what they wanted exactly and they've got the defensive midfield of little and large they've got Matic and um, Kante now Obviously, in the second half, it all all kind of unravelled. Um, we ended up having a back four um, when he took off Huth to bring on Okazaki as a positive change. Um, we ended up having Chilwell, Fuchs, Morgan, and at right back Simpson eventually. All Brighton was right. All Brighton was right back for a bit. Um, so you got all Brighton, I think, even and Didi moved into centre half, and it was all a bit of a mess. There was a substitution, and now was there a breakdown in communication? That really was because I remember seeing Christian Fuchs standing at the left back, putting his arms in the air, going, "I where, don't. Where, where am I? Am I, I centre half? Am I um, left sided defence? Am I a left back?" It was all a bit of a mess, and um, so that wasn't the greatest moment in in Leicester's season or last couple of years. But um, again, I will say that I don't think Christian Fuchs had a great game overall. Now, is it because he was playing left side of a back three? You can't put that as the main reason. Is it a new position for him? He's a very experienced former mm. international captain. Of course he can play there. I don't think he had the greatest game. I don't think all Brighton had the greatest game. Yes, they are the two players who are predominantly playing in different positions. So, did it work? No. Um, the one problem I've got is this obsession with people now with this three-man midfield. Now, you've got Ndidi. You've got Mendy and you've got Drinkwater. All three, I thought Drinkwater had probably his worst game for Leicester. Um, again, was it position-wise? Well, we'll find out in the next few weeks. I thought Ndidi was very good, looked um, looked decent, looked more than decent, really. 20 years old, I thought this is a player. Yeah. Um, so much so that we were talking about signings and possible signings for other clubs. And I turned around and said, I know he's only played twice. But I reckon he must be already on the radar of some big clubs. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, Mendy's getting back to full fitness. I noticed he ran the most out of any player. Covers, on the, he does on cover the field. a lot of ground, doesn't he? Yes. He's a very busy player. So isn't he? he's getting better and better and looking more like the player who we thought we signed. Um, if we play 4 3 3, Rob, mm. can we play those three in midfield? It depends who you're playing as, as two of the three up front. Because. So far, the four-three-three that he's played has been pretty adaptable into when you're defending and when you need a bit of structure and a bit of shape, a four-five-one. The two wide men of the three attackers, if you like, have been wingers, such as Albrighton and Mares or Musa, or not really Gray's not really came come into this system much, but if you're playing wingers there. 
but asking them to stay a bit higher, yes, because you can pull them in, you can play 4-5-1, you can get enough bodies in midfield. If you're playing three strikers up front, then you run the risk of leaving yourself exposed. If you're if you're leaving them high, people can get down the wings because you're probably going to be asking those three midfielders to play very centrally. Then all of a sudden the fullbacks are being doubled up on and you're very it's it's all very open and very stretched. If you are playing the two wingers, as I said, you can make it a four five one, you can compact things together a bit. I completely agree. I think four five one away from home has a lot of merit because of the three in midfield. And the problems that you highlighted with a four three three happened at the weekend against Chelsea. Who scored two of their goals? Alonso. He had so much room down one side and the no down the other side. Um, Moses likes to get up and down. And it's interesting that they are looking at Traore at Middlesbrough, probably the fastest player in the league, maybe for that reason as well. Um, they completely exposed us on the flanks because of that. Now, was it because our full-backs weren't in place because of the back three? Maybe. Um, I don't think that those three can play in midfield together in a midfield three. I think it works best if you have two players wider than them. I think the only time it can work is if the team they're playing against is quite narrow or have a lot of midfielders. Or if you play Simpson and also Fuchs at fullback, or maybe Chilwell, but you need them, that flat back four. But um, when them three were playing in central midfield in in the four three threes against Everton and West Ham um, and uh, Middlesbrough, everybody was like, "Oh yeah, this could be the answer." Three in midfield could be the answer. Do you not think it is the answer with them three? I think it needs work. Um, and does that work mean sticking with the three at the back? Possibly. Does it mean that we're going to have to play with just the one forward on the field? Um, possibly. So is a four-five-one effectively how we're going to go from now on? Um, I don't think we can have the two wide players being further up in a three. Now, I know you're only talking about a matter of yards, but you're talking about players like Dimari Gray, who... Is he going to get back an awful lot? I still think Mahrez gets back quite a bit. It does, because it, Ranieri reserves a special whistle just for it, him. Exactly, but I think he actually does get back, and even if it's just in, in uh, his, his physically back there, rather than putting the effort in and making the tackles, I think he does mm. an but, OK but, job But when you're playing a four four two and he's one of the four midfielders as a wide man, he's automatically 10 yards further back as a start point. Correct. Um, I just think that if we play that three in midfield um, on their own, then we are exposed on the wings because all three of them are centre midfielders. Also, you will put alongside that, actually, are they dynamic enough to play out wide? Of course they are. All Brighton physically is, is a very fit player. Mm. He gets across, he makes a lot of ground. Gets up and down, doesn't he? Yes, it? he's very strong in the tackle. And Didi, for his size, he gets around an awful lot. He's tall, He's a, he look, he, I think he might end up being quite an elegant player going mm. forward as well. Um, and Mendy, I mentioned, covered a lot of ground. He's quite quick as well. Those three can spread the play and actually cover the ground. So maybe it's something that we need to work on. Obviously, it's not the sort of thing you want to be doing halfway through a season. But was it a gamble worth taking? I think so, against a top-of-the-table team who could have easily turned us over anyway. Um, I did have that sinking feeling when they scored the third. If this is any more, it could get embarrassing and it could be a real kind of um, kick to our confidence. And I think keeping us at three was a good effort, even though it was a right mess in the in the last 20 minutes. The one thing I'll finish off of the game, really, 
is I wouldn't confuse the last 20 minutes with the first 45. No. And a lot of people are doing that. They're saying that last 20 minutes was terrible. Well, it happened m- most recently, didn't it? The, the, exactly. The first 45 is forgotten. They're saying, why why play a three at the back? The last 20 minutes were terrible. We weren't playing three at the back in the last 20 minutes. We had a back four uh, with then three and then three up top. And we were chasing the game and... It was a bit of a mess at that time. So I wouldn't forget that first 45 minutes. We still created chances. Is it the way we're going to go? Possibly. The one thing I will say is, depending on who we will sign, or maybe if Fuchs is going to stay, I think Robert Hooth's days are playing in a back two in the central defence are numbered. They are numbered in terms of, at the end of this season, he might not be able to play in a back two, or if he does, only half a season's worth. He can be covered in a back three mm. we've seen this at Leicester for years the likes of Steve Walsh getting older Matt Elliott Jerry Taggart none of those were, none the of most them were particularly mobile they? exactly but they can do that in a back three so depending on who they sign that might be the way forward and of course that would open up the three in midfield for the luxury and the power of the team that we have and that's the centre midfield so a bit of in-depth tactical analysis there but I think um, this team is developing and we'll talk about that regarding the transfers and we'll do that now so just over halfway through the january transfer window one in one out for leicester so far and Didi in and re- most recently uh, our good friend our favorite footballer uh, Jeffrey wait, Sh- wait, 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 Jeffrey whoa, Schlupp. Whoa, you sounded whoa. a bit like Mike Dean there. Now, but let- by the way, he's been uh, demoted to the championship this weekend. Has he really? I thought you'd enjoy that. But anyway, Jeff Schlupp is he appearing in Strictly yet? Probably. Oh not. no, I can't say anything because it's yes. Uh, in the region of twelve million pounds for Sam Allardyce, and I quote, to bring in some defensive experience. Now let's start with Jeff Schlupp, mm. but let's start with his career at Leicester. Debut hat-trick against Rotherham. Um, he was brought through the youth team. He was earmarked from quite an early age. I remember hearing about this youngster we've yeah. got who's really quick. Of course, that the um, trial at Manchester United he had where Leicester went, yeah, go and have a, have a, a look at, at Jeff Schlupp. Three because, weeks at United. Yeah, just to see. And, and, and we were happy to. It was, a, it was like, oh, yeah, one of, one of our youngsters has gone to Man U on, on a trial. Um, Shows that the club's academy's doing something right. Exactly. He's been at the club a long time. He's, what, 25 now? Um, Hasn't he been at the club since he was 11 or something like that? There you go. This is a player who has won the championship, won the Premier League. Remember the goal last season away at Norwich? He'd come off the bench a few times and did well. He did very well in that period when Mares was out. As an impact player, he's very quick, direct. We know his finishing is off at best. Well, end product yeah, in he general, can, including he can strike passing a ball. and crossing. Yeah, he can strike a ball and we don't quite know where it's going. But he's very dynamic. Um, we know all about Jeff Schlupp. We almost liked those aspects of him because of he was a Leicester player through and through. And we'll find this in the next 10 minutes when we talk about other players possibly leaving. But again, he's part of that title-winning squad. And they're all heroes. They are all heroes. Of course Especially they are, yeah. those who did something in that season. Because mm-hmm. some of them didn't, but um, only one or two who maybe got a medal. But the rest really did. And he made his contribution to the Premier League title, of course he did. Exactly. I think, again, there's a bit of bandwagon jump. I'm not saying that you're on this bandwagon, but you are part of the course. Um, That, uh, again, how many players have we got who are poor? None. 
But Jeff Schlupp, because he's leaving, got turned into a bit of a laughing stock. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not laughing at him. I've, I've. <laughs> Sorry, could you do that again? <laughs> he's not even had a drink yet today, anybody. Uh, that's probably hey, the reason. Dry, dry January, still going. Oh yeah, dry till Seville, still going. Okay. Well, future Pete didn't hold up much hope for that, but there's still no, time look, for it to go wrong. Look, Jeff Schlupp, I completely appreciate uh, the fact that he is a, an academy product, what he's done for the club, and and just his, his overall, he seemed to be a pretty good character around the place, well liked, that kind of thing. But loves a Lamborghini, loves a Lambo. Uh, but is twelve million pounds? That's a different story. Yeah. Well, no. Look, Jeff Schlupp. Sitting on our bench or putting £12 million in our coffers for us to reinvest in a better footballer. Oh, completely. I think yeah. it was the right time for him to go yeah. because he wasn't getting first-team opportunities. He wanted to go and play football. He's 25, um, and I think £12.5 is a really good deal for Leicester. They've got a good player as well. Is it because that's the price of Premier League players? He's a Premier League champion. He's done it in the Premier League. We know he's inconsistent, but he still has that medal, and he's scored goals. He's performed in the big stage. So is £12.5 probably what he's worth? I don't know, probably. Maybe it's a few quid more, but um, there we go. He's gone, and good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Jeff. But also, and thank you for your years of service. Exactly, especially that goal last season. Yeah. Um, so Jeff's gone to Crystal Palace, and he'll he'll definitely get a round of applause when he go, when he comes back. Oh, of course he will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, twelve and a half million. We've signed Ndidi for fifteen, which is looking a really good piece of business. Um, now transfers. Our friend, which we can say, our friend Jeff Peters. Uh, for Talk Sport, also works at Leicester doing the commentary uh, for the official Leicester City feed uh, that you can hear online. Also uh, used to DJ in Loughborough under a DJ pseudonym that I can't actually say on the podcast. No, definitely not. Because we're anti-swearing. Exactly, it's definitely not DJ Wanker. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to have to beat that out. Oh, really? Yeah, Is you it that much me. of a family show? You watch me. Well, I won't watch you, I'll listen to it afterwards. <laughs> Um, so, Jeff uh, tweeted the other day that he knows that Leicester have had an £18 million bid for a player accepted, and it's just terms and conditions that they're working out because they're some way apart. Now, many names have been thrown into the hat, and Jeff's been a bit stum on the old who it is. Now, for the first thing, I don't think in a million years he's just made it up for a bit of no, uh, no, no, publicity. He he's he's he, not that sort of person. He, he said in his tweet that it was a condition of him being given the information that he didn't make public the name. So. Now, I will just throw out a few names and we'll just say yes or no to them and why to them as potential signings for Leicester or as being potentially the 18 million pound one with which the personal terms have stumbled we'll say signings for Leicester and okay. then, and at the end of that we'll say who, who we, we think, think the is the 18 million, million. okay okay we'll start with Gaston Ramirez at Middlesbrough the attacking midfielder slash forward Am I saying yes or no in relation to all the other players on the list that you're about to read out? No. Or am like, I saying, would I like him at Leicester City? Correct. Yeah? <laughs> That's a very, very unsure yes. Well, we're, we're looking for... I'm, we're looking I'm for a no. A, we're looking for a creative, attack-minded midfielder. He was, Ramirez could be that link that Okazaki supplies that link from a, almost from a defensive point of view. Between the midfield and the attack, 
to fill the gap and press the deep line midfielders and make sure that the defence can't bring the ball out. But if we can find somebody in there... Okazaki, for me, doesn't use the ball as well as he could in that position. Ramirez could fill the number 10 void. It's a no for me. I don't think he's progressed on from his Southampton days. Um, he's gone to Middlesbrough. Do you see that goal he scored from Middlesbrough where he took it from the edge of his own oh, box? He's a, he's a very good player um, on his day. I just don't think that he's the player. He's exactly the, the, the position that we need. I don't know whether it's him. Now, if he signs and he proves me wrong, fair play. But is he the one that I think we should go for? No. Well, no. I asked you if I was relating that to the rest no, of no. the list there because in the next one you're going to ask no, me but is Gilfie Sigurdsson no, but who I also plays in that position and if you give me the choice of Ramirez and Sigurdsson I'm going to pick Sigurdsson. I'd still You've wouldn't. just hang me out to dry there, no, Selbs. No, not so. I still don't think... If, if you just turned around and said, look, we've not linked with anyone else but Gaston Ramirez, are you happy? I'd go, not really. Honestly, that's exactly what... As soon as I heard the rumour, and it was backed up by the Mercury and this, that and the other, and bids and been turned down and all that, I was like, oh... I'm not, not sitting really. here feeling completely inspired by it. Okay. If, if we signed him, well, would, we heard I, would I be all right the, with it? Yeah. We heard that from the... Yes. Right, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. Now, I will start this time and say that's a yes. It's a yes. player that we've been linked with before, off and on, whether it's just because a lot of people have gone, do you know what, he would really work in our team. Um, he could get you five or six goals a season just from free kicks. More than that even. He's a great, he can strike a ball, free kicks. He's tall, he's that link between... He, apparently he doesn't get up and down the field. Actually, no, I'm not even going to say that. I heard that from a Tottenham fan who's an idiot. So, um, so aren't, aren't they all? Oh, they are. But um, we don't need that because we've got the midfield as we've got. He, he would be ideal for me. Would, um, would you be more happy with three in midfield if those two... If two of them were indeed in Drinkwater, sort of sitting more centrally, and Sigurdsson was in the number ten role, um, would that do you as a as a three in midfield with two wide men? No, four at the back? no, because I think that Sigurdsson, I'd like him to be the link between the midfield and the forwards, i.e., a deep line ten with a forward. That's what I said at the top of a triangle. No, I'd have the three players and then the two up top, one being Sigurdsson. Oh, okay. I think he's that good a finisher where he could be a number 10, an out-and-out out 10. So we both agree Sigurdsson would be a good signing. Yeah. Uh, Bojan from Stoke. Oh, he's a bit lightweight. A bit lightweight. Mm. That's I'm, all I've got for you. I don't, like, mm, again, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good footballer. Does he, does he display it week in, week out? No. Will he physically put himself about enough to warrant him having an off day with the ball? I don't think so. No. I'm a massive yes, by the way, on this. Are you? Absolutely massive yes. Okay. Bojan, go back a couple of years, he ripped us to shreds at the King Power. He's a product from the Barcelona Academy. On his day, he's really turned it on for Stoke. He's been struggling with injuries. He's not got back in the Stoke team because they've kind of gone a different direction yeah, with, with their lineup. They're doing all right. Do, I think they, what they had to do, they had to arrest a real bad start to the season. So they kind of went back to basics and said, look, we've got a good team, a good physical team. Let's just try and get some 2-1 and 2-0 victories on them. Mm. You know, let's just get that first before we start playing. Put Johnny Walters football. back in yeah, the we, side. We, we, we've got one flair player in... Um, Grant Xhaka and, and Arnautovic is the main man up front, who's now turned into a bit of a I think you mean Shakiri, not Xhaka. Uh, yeah. Um, Xhaka's at Arsenal. Oh, at Arsenal. Shakiri, that yes. big fella. Um, so I don't think you can have Shakiri and Bojan. It's quite a luxury. I think that's a signing that Leicester is crying out for. He could play as a number 10. He's the through-ball merchant for people like Vardy. He could work off someone like Slimani. He's that link between midfield and forwards. 
whether it's going to cost an awful lot of money, I don't think so. Is he better than last year? Is he better than Mares? Is he better than Mares? Mm. Um, no, I think in many ways they complement each other and could easily play in the same team because Mares is a winger would, and Bojan is a. Would you not the fancy seeing a bit more of Mares as the ten? I think that's just a luxury that we could have, yeah. But I think Bojan, if we can get him, and they're talking about ten million pounds. So that's, that's for a player of his age. Hey, if he comes in at ten million and we flog Jeff Schluck for twelve, then... now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> exactly. I think that's a, a signing to nothing. He lives in the area. He's used to the Premier League. Just, a, a, I think a new club is what he needs. I think that could be an apps. He's exactly the player. And, I, and about a year ago, I started thinking, you know, if we could have Bojan in our team, what a great signing it would be. It's going to cost thirty million. Now it could cost ten. Just because he's been out with a few injuries and that. I think that's a... Personally... Just have to make sure it's a stringent medical. Yes, personally, that's a, a big, big plus for me. Cafu. Uh, Too old. N- not that Cafu. Well, he'd bring a bit of experience, wouldn't he? He would do. He's about 53. Um, he'd show Daddy Simpson how no, to play right he, back uh, even better. He's a winger from... Ger- he playing Germany? I don't know. I've never heard of him. No, I haven't really. But, um, and those out there who have, you're all lying. Um, now, he would probably be for a swap... For someone like Mares, so maybe that would be a signing maybe in the summer. Mm. Um, because remember, a lot of players that we get kind of half linked with, we end up signing later on. So maybe the links are correct, but the signings are put in place for the summer. That could be on the understanding that, say, Mares would go. We'll wait and see. Um, Francesco Akerbi. Now, this is a player who apparently we've had three bids turned down for. He looks hard, doesn't he? He looks hard as nails. Um, he's a, had a very interesting he looks career. Looks like an Italian Vasilevsky. Well, he plays for Sassuolo. Um, he used to play for Who? AC Milan. Sassuolo. I know what you said. Yeah, they're, a, they're, a, they're a team in, in um, Syria. Um, he's had a very interesting career. Go and have a look at him online, his career. He's had illnesses. Um, he's played for Milan when that happened. And uh, apparently he's he's one of these players, a bit like um, Nastasic, the um, centre-half from Man City, who mm. was there when he was really young, who, again, we've been linked with, who have now gone into their mid-20s, mid to early 20s, and they're starting to show what player that we all thought they would be. Yeah. Um, their true potential is coming out, and that's this player. And we've bid up to about 10 million. I think he looks a decent player. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with Nastasic, that's two players who, I suppose, being centre-halves, it's, it's depending on what... Claudio wants and whether we can get them. Another centre half who we've been linked with. Yes. Sacco. Sacco of Liverpool. Now he he's to a, me he's a good footballer. Well, he's he's a beast of just, a centre half. Just a bit of a head case, isn't he? He is to be honest, when Liverpool signed him, and again, this is definitely not after the Lord Mayor's show, um when Liverpool signed him, I turned around and went, He is a Leicester City signing. He really looks like a Leicester player, doesn't he? He's a he's a proper defender. There's he's, nothing else about him. Well, no, he's a, I think he's quite elegant on the ball. Elegant? Yeah. He looks like he's been shot when he tries to pass the ball. He's, don't put it this way. He's a good player. He's a good defender. He's a French international. He's I think he's very better with the ball than you're off. giving him credit for. He, he might well be, but I'd like him to prove him that wearing a City shirt. I think he'd be a great signing. But he is that kind of big Leicester defender. He's mobile. He's quick as well. He's athletic. I, him, him and Morgan, if you're saying Huth stays a numbered. Yeah. Him and Morgan. Oh, yeah. I, he would be a great signing. Um, he's a complete yes for me. Mm. Now, we know he's had trouble with a failed drugs test because he was taking weight loss 
pills. He was taking weight loss pills, apparently, and it. And it's, the only worry with Sato is, a bit, is that there's always a story. He's a bit him, mad, yeah. He's it's a bit not mad. just of not just about the football, is it with him? Um, but then it wasn't with someone like Sol Bamber, and he very quickly became a cult hero. Oh dear. Um, he had an episode of the week, didn't he? <laughs> um, okay, so who is this eighteen million pound man? If it's if it if the fee's been agreed, which sounds like a reasonable kind of fee for the player that I've got in mind, but it's stumbling on personal terms, and the player that I've got in mind is probably on six figures a week. I think it's the last player that we've just spoken about. I think so as well. I think I, it's Sacco. I think it's Sacco as well. Um, eighteen million. It's a lot of money for a centre half, but. It's a player who's played in the Premier League, who experience. That's probably about the right amount of money for him. And wages, he's on three figures. But then again, oh, sorry, six figures, I suppose you should say. Mm. Um, that'll have to come down. I suppose away from that, you're looking at maybe Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, but we'll see. I think it is Sacco. I think so. So out of all those, we'll wait and see who gets signed. Um, if any. If any, I mean, I think if you get the centre halves in and and maybe another forward, but then you're talking about a lot of money that we've outlaid. So and Ranieri said that he doesn't want another forward. Exactly. I'm I'm thinking if we could get because he said he's got thirty million to spend. Okay, we spent net two and a half million. Yeah. I'm thinking eighteen million Sacco and a ten million Bojan would take. Uh, that'd be some good business. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if Mystic Pete strikes again. Leaving the club. Okay. So Hernandez. Okay, he's had a well. Malaga have had a loan offer turned down by Leicester. Um, he's only played four times in the Premier League. Um, now we've got him on a free, and he's not quite worked out. In Europe, he's looked comfortable at fullback, and I think he's a, an adequate replacement for Simpson when Simpson's not playing. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong; I, th- I think he's fine. But he obviously wants to play. Now, if he goes on loan and he goes on loan, I don't think Leicester want that because they gain nothing from it. Mm. Um, I think it's all regarding Hernandez, and I think he might be moving on in the summer. Okay, Okazaki. I d- I don't see any reason why we'd get rid of him. No, or, he's been or linked. Why he'd go? He, I think he's a very important player for us. Yeah, he's been linked with a uh, a move to Schalke mm. um, on loan. But again, is that I, where he was playing before? I think so. Was he at? Mines was he? Oh, Mines. Yeah, yeah he was there. Um, I think that's just more their interest than Leicester letting him go. Yeah. Again, I don't think we need to. If we're going to get rid of a forward, he's probably second or third on the list. Yeah, but I don't think they'll do that. And I think again, he's another player. If he does go, it'll be in the summer. Yeah. Because they're going in another direction with another player. Um, and he, the but fi- he's, he's proven how useful he is, especially in. Oh yeah, I don't want him to go, but the, especially playing off of Vardy and just allowing Vardy the free reign and him doing the the dirty stuff. Yes, and he gets your goal here and there. Mm. I, I generally think that that he might be going in the summer. Okay, I think it might be another club come in and say, "Look, you can be a first teamer." Um, he's come and done his job, hasn't he? Um, the final player, and now this story is just developing by the hour, really. Um, and this will be one who would always get as rousing reception if he returns and it's Leonardo Ajoa mm. um, I don't think anyone wants Ajoa to go no but I don't think anybody would question why he would want to go exactly himself because exactly. he's he's struggling to hold down a place up front uh, everyone's saying oh yeah you're really important to us we love how hard you work we love that, the passion that you display you've scored some crucial goals in our Premier League title winning season all of those are all well and good, but if you're Leo Ajoa and you want to be on the pitch because you're you're in your early thirties now, 
none of those get you on the pitch, do they? You've got one big contract left. You've got one three-year deal, a decent wage left in you. Um, and he's kind of wants to leave. He's obviously was a kind of a bit part last season, although had a massive impact towards the end. And coming off the bench, and we, if you go back through the for Fox Eight podcast, we kept on saying what an impact he has off the bench. The, for, the one nil against Norwich in the eighty sixth minute. Or exactly the penalty huge, against huge West Ham. Two points, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the balls to put that penalty. Exactly. Away. Um, top top man, top man, good player, very good player, and um, he just wants to play football. I think his days are numbered at Leicester. I think he'll go um, purely because, depending on how well Algeria do, if one out, one in, i.e. in comes Slomani back from Africa Cup of Nations and, and Ojoa goes, I think people would have to pay money for him, i.e. he's a 10 million player. Mm. He's, I know he's 30. He's still a 10 million player. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a Premier League club. He said he wants to play in Spain in the last part of his career. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Brighton even. Um, yeah, and his agent says that he might hand a transfer request in, which of course just means he wants to force a move because he wants to play. And it will be a sad moment when he does go, but when he signed for the club, if we turned around and said, <laughs> if we phoned ourselves from the future... Like um, that had ever happened. And said that Leonardo Ojoa scores only like 16 or 17 goals in the two seasons or two and a bit seasons he's here, you'd kind of go, I don't know how many goals he's scored. It'd be, he must be in the late teens for Premier League goals he scored for Leicester. I think you kind of go, oh, okay, our record signings only scored that. Well, look at the impact he's had on the club. He scored 11 goals, I think it was in, or 11 or 12 goals in the, Champion in the survival season, the greatest um, survival season of all time. To do that alone is, is fairly decent, but to do what he's done last season and also to carry himself how Ranieri says, which is brilliant in training, and as Rob just said, it will be a sad day when Leonardo Ojoa leaves the club, but if he does, then he goes with everyone's goodwill, definitely. Just got the stats up for you 20 goals he scored for Leicester. 20? Yeah. In yeah. the Premier League? Uh. No, 18 in the league. Oh, 18. So I was, I was right. Uh, two in the FA Cup. There you go. So but he's had more appearances off the bench in the league than he has starts. 37 yes. starts, 41 uh, substitute appearances. So, so actually not bad, really. Not not an overall bad record. Um, yes, yeah, so he, he will always go, he'll go down in history, as will everyone from last season, as a hero, like I said. But him especially, a real crowd favourite. And um, yeah, we'll see where it takes him. I think the latest club who was strongly linked was Alaves. I think um, that was one that uh, was highly linked as we speak. So all that has to say is Southampton on Saturday. Mm. We'll cover this for the next couple of minutes and then that'll be it for the podcast. Um, African Cup of Nations, Mares scored twice. A couple of good goals. First one, classic Mares. Left foot curling in the far post. Classic. Um, also, Southampton on Sunday Midday-ish, early game, mm-hmm. Southampton, long way to go. I'm uh, going to be in Motherwell. Christ, are you even further away? Quite far away from Southampton. What are you doing in Motherwell? Acrobatic gymnastics. You're doing acrobatics? Well, obviously I'm not. Have you seen me? No. Who are you? Well, I'm definitely not in any kind of physical shape to be, <coughs> to be doing acrobatic gymnastics. I just had a little coughing fit just thinking about <laughs> it. Uh, no, we're, uh, we're, doing, we're doing the... Um, well, uh, Perko's coming with me. Perko, who has featured on the podcast, I think, before. You've seen pictures of him. I don't think he's spoken on it, but the people have seen pictures of us with him at the parade 
he was uh, he's a, he's, he was a, he was at the weekend. He was a Chelsea game. Yeah, it was his fault. Won. We lost. Not quite, but he, yeah, he's one no, of no, no, one of was. our co-commentators at the at yeah. the King Power as well. He's he's the announcer. It's your fault, Perko. If you're listening to this, it's all shame your on you, Perko. How dare you? You how, ruined. How dare our you club. drink out of that you, for fuck's sake mug? Three five two was going to work perfectly, and then you ruined it. You've broken Fuchs, and you've broken Old Brighton. Um, what? Uh, yeah, Perko's the announcer slash host for a big international acrobatic gymnastics meet. Splendid. He, uh, he, he could do acrobatics. And I'm just pressing the sound. Are you really? Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we're playing Southampton, are we? Um, about midday. <laughs> yes. Now, they've dropped down into mid-table. They're a strange team, actually, just less than mid-table. On their day, they're brilliant. They've got um, that Yusan Tadic, really think he's a good player. Again, I think a lot of problems maybe upstairs. He'll be a great signing, yeah. but I don't think he'll come to us. Red- um, Redmond's playing well for them. Yeah, they're a dangerous team. They just can't hit the barn door once Austin went out. I mean, everyone was saying, oh, yeah, Austin playing really well. Yes, he was, scoring all the goals. But that was the problem. He was scoring all the goals. His knees are made of chocolate, so they're going to break occasionally. And basically, once it happened, they can't score a goal. Mm. So they're a very strange team. They're ripe for the picking. Hit them on the break. Get Vardy in the game. Go for the win. And I think their confidence is very crumbly. On their day, they can be very good. When they went to Watford, I think it was... Uh, no, sorry, um, Bournemouth. They, they beat Liverpool in the in the cup. In they beat Liverpool in the week. cup, playing very well. That's a pure example. They are. They beat Liverpool at home in the cup. They went to Bournemouth on TV and won. And Bournemouth were on an absolute um, huge purple patch at the time, and were, were favourites to win that game. And they went there and won. And that's the sort of team they are. But then they can throw in the odd wobbly every now and again. And hopefully they do on Saturday. I, on Sunday, I think they've got a chance, Leicester, of getting three points. It's a game we could do with at least a point from. Um, but I think we've got half a chance there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think let's not question the formation that Claudio Ranieri plays. He'll pick what's best for the team. He'll pick what's what, best to what beat Southampton. I don't know whether he'll bow to the pressure and go back to four four two. I I I'd be happy with the the four five one that can be converted into a four three three when we're on the attack. I completely agree. I think he should go with the same formation that worked for us at Middlesbrough to some extent. I think it was a, a guaranteed nil-nil after 10 minutes and that worked at Everton. I think he should stick with the three in midfield but go four at the back and be defensive but then spring an attack. Play the likes of Gray and also obviously Vardy up top and then launch that attack um, as we know Leicester can do and, and then we'll see what happens. But of course, no matter what happens, then we'll be back with the next episode to discuss the ins and outs and more transfer rumours galore. So, to finish off, how can you get in contact with the podcast? Well, Twitter's one way, at FFSpod. Also, via our Facebook group. Go on Facebook and search for For Fox 8 Podcast, and you'll find the group on there. There's plenty of people discussing what's going on at Leicester, and, of course, you can listen back to previous episodes. The YouTube is back up and running, the YouTube channel, uh, with Woo-hoo! all of our episodes on there. That will be uh, live in the next few hours after this is released, i.e. that's what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. Um, and, of course, you can email us at uh, the Fox 8 podcast at gmail.com. Anything at all, any questions regarding the podcast, any questions you want to ask us regarding Leicester or anything to do with formations, signings, something to do with the club, whatever, what we do at the club, just ask us and then we can talk about it on air. If not, we have stupid things like phone calls from the future getting in the way. But uh, obviously, we didn't know that. <laughs> we didn't know that. Of course we didn't know it was going to happen. We can't predict what happens. Because anyway, we've been told. So I we can need predict to. that we're going to do a podcast sometime after the Southampton game. There you go, there's Mystic Rob. Well, Mystic Pete worked with the old Darnaby away. I think the tickets come out tomorrow. At the You're time still recording. talking about that. 
Well, yeah, that, it's not me. It's the world talking about that. The world is. <laughs> right, we'll speak to you next time, hopefully after uh, three points and a good away performance down on the south coast. <laughs>